Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are. We are back. Hour number three here on a Tuesday. Uh, Kenny, I just received a message on my uh, cell phone from, uh, well, this came to uh, Sound Off with Brad Bennett to the Sound Off website. And I think this Rockridge School is even bigger than what we thought. Oh. They're saying that not only is it, uh, it, it, what did you say it was? It was Virginia... Uh, Gilbert Eveleth. Gilbert Eveleth and Iron Mountain as well. Oh, okay. So there's four schools, and uh, they might they might have a little hockey power there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, it's Northern Minnesota better be good at hockey. Yeah, it's Northern Minnesota, and well. Let me ask you, didn't originally in the first few state tournaments we had in uh, Minnesota, didn't Eveleth play a big part in that? Wasn't uh Yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, just a little. What, yeah, they had a guy named guy's Johnny Masich. Yeah. Johnny Masich. He wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. I understand he could put the puck in the net pretty good. Yeah, what did they win? Like 11 state championships? Or, oh, geez, I hate putting myself out on a limb here. Um, yeah, Eveleth was dominant in early uh, high school hockey in the uh, state of Minnesota, no doubt. See, and they're probably re-looking for those things today, and they're saying if we could just get uh, you know get some kids in that know how to play hockey into the program, well, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, uh, it's going to be nice. I guess they got a beautiful new school. There's a lot of consolidations like that going on on the range. Too bad we can't seem to do anything like that with, uh, oh, I don't know, places like Carlton and Wrench Hall, for example. But I digress. We were disappointed and embarrassed and uh, with the way the Afghan... Uh, uh, whole debacle ended when we had uh, what was it twelve or thirteen people killed at the gates of the uh, of the airstrip there, Bagram Air Base, uh, simply because we decided we were going to cut and run. And when we cut and run, what did we leave behind us? Well, a, a, a an independent watchdog agency says that the Department of Defense contributed to the sudden collapse of the Afghan security forces in August of 2021, <clears throat> partly due to poor planning and lack of accountability over at least some of the billions of dollars in weapons and, and uh, equipment it provided. The new report by uh, Seiger, the Special, ins uh, Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, also said that the Pentagon did not cooperate fully with its investigation. And it disclosed that American troops, they have now finally put a figure to it, had left behind $7.2 billion in aircraft, missiles, communication gear, other military equipment for the Taliban to use. Now listen to these figures. <clears throat> This includes at least 78 aircraft worth $923.3 million, 9,524 
air-to-ground munitions valued at $6.5 million. Over 40,000 vehicles, Humvees, tanks, uh, etc., etc. More than 300,000 weapons, many of them Northlanders in brand new, right in the case with the wrapping still on them. And, near, and nearly all had night vision, surveillance, communications, biometric equipment came brand new, wrapped in the box, provided uh, they were left behind as well. Now, a Department of Defense spokesman, Army Lieutenant, Ro- Lieutenant Colonel Robert Lodwick, told USA Today on Monday that the Pentagon was obviously well aware of the report and its scope, and that we contributed to it. <clears throat> they went on to say that it's it, it's an absolute shame that we left enough weapons and munitions to arm the Taliban to make them a complete defense organization or a fighting military unit of the Taliban uh, for the next 20 or 30 years. Taliban's, Taliban fighters celebrated a year ago when they seized the Afghan capital of Kabul. Uh, the United States has allocated nearly $90 billion in security assistance to the Afghan National Defense and Security Forces. Uh, that's substantially more than we have left already for, um, for the war in, in Ukraine. And... After the uh, after this report, the collapse of 2021, the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and the House Armed Services Committee directed uh, them to find what happened and to provide an accounting of all provided equipment to the Afghan forces. Among those U.S. shortcomings, things we did wrong, according to the report, uh, we destroyed the morale of the Afghan soldiers and police. The U.S. Taliban agreement signed under the Trump administration in 2021 especially resulted in a sense of abandonment within the Afghan government and its military and police forces, um, which set in motion a series of events critical to understanding the country's collapse. Even though airstrikes had proven to be perhaps the most critical force multiplier in fighting the Taliban, they uh, they did not take advantage of that during that period of time, and they did not keep the Taliban at bay and away from the capital so that they could make a precise, uh, controlled withdrawal instead of just cutting and running. <clears throat> the U.S. also decided to withdraw on-site contract maintenance from Afghan in May of 2021, which reduced the availability of aircraft needed to move stockpiles of U.S.-provided weapons and supplies around the country. As a result, the Afghan Defense and Security Units complained that they lacked enough ammunition, food, water, and other military equipment. In other words, we basically left them holding the bag in Afghanistan. And now we're finding out the total cost to it. <clears throat> We've got our friend Tom from up in Port Wing that I think wants to comment a little bit about this. Uh, let's get him on. Tom, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Brad. Um, I honestly believe that 
the documentation on this particular subject is the one really good area that the Republicans can start to uh, formulate an impeachment of this president. This is treason, and you have all the documentation you would ever need. We're talking about a huge sum of money. I mean, when you start talking about the average taxpayer and and how many average taxpayers it would take to uh, accumulate 70 or 80 billion dollars worth of stuff, uh, you know, because the Republicans cannot be scatterbrained about this, this idea that you're going to attack the president and try and depose him on all kinds of weird obscure uh, dealings. This is something specific and document it. That's my feeling on it. I, I really think this is the opportunity of the Republicans to at least neutralize this guy from doing any more damage to the country. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, no, I think you're right. And, uh, and I think when you look at the combined totals that we have left in Afghanistan, for a hostile group called the Taliban to take over, and who knows how much of that, how much of those weapons and and equipment is going to end up in the uh, in the hands of other rogue uh, goofball Islamic groups as well. Uh, but then you take that and and add to it all the money that we have already poured into the Ukraine. Uh, we don't know how that's going to come out yet. We we may be looked at as now becoming the biggest armament machine in the world. Uh, we hopefully we're taking care of our own military while we're doing this, making sure that they can defend themselves. But boy, we're sure uh, we're sure making a lot of other people very happy. Well, abandoning uh, American soldiers, which is what caused the death of those those uh, Americans in Afghanistan t- during this ridiculous withdrawal. I know yeah. a lot of people that were glad to see us leave, but not like that. The way we left was horrific, and it, it cost the lives of Americans. On top of everything else that we did there, uh, we just we, we threw everything to the wind. And, yep. again, I'm going to reemphasize that this is the kind of thing that we can start to build a case to neutralize the person in the White House who is really being reckless with America. Absolutely. So that's my feeling and, on it. And, and listen, when you look at the reports coming out of Afghanistan, the fact that uh, the Taliban have now said, yeah, girls, they don't need to go to school past the third grade, eh, that's enough for them to be able to. All they got to do is learn how to clean our sandals and uh, lubricate our weapons, and you know, take care of things like that. Uh, you know, we're responsible for all of that. We left them in a in a position to do whatever they damn well wanted to do to their own citizenry. Look, we got to take a quick break, folks. Uh, we'll be back shortly here on Sound Off on a Tuesday afternoon. KDAL time is 127.34 at Sky Harbor Airport, 37 at the Army Corps of Engineers. 31 degrees, Brad, in Virginia, Minnesota, home of the Wolverines. The home of the Wolverines. Used to be the, uh, they were the Blue Devils, weren't they? Virginia Blue Devils. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Yep. The yep. Blue Devils. Yep. And and now Rockridge is called what the Wolverines? The Wolverines, uh, but uh, Hibbing is still the Blue Jackets. Right. Yeah. Boy, uh, Hibbing has got a beautiful high school. You know, I think that school and Danfeld were probably built yeah. about the same time frame, don't you think? Yeah. And Brad Esco, where Chris Dahlberg went to school, is home of the Eskimos. Correct, Chris? He That's went right. to school let's, at let's Esco. Go, let's go down the floor. Let's go, Esco. We will score. We are rooting for you, Esco. Hi. Let's go, Esco. Let's go. How's that? That's see, awesome. See, now when I went to Floodwood, we played Esco. Yeah. And, and we had a we had a cheer. We had a finished cheer. Uh oh. I can't say I can't say on the radio. <laughs> But you it was something thing? about take O Esco, throw them on the ground, stomp them all around, or something like that. <laughs> oh boy, good rivalries! And you know, when I was uh, growing up, we used to have a big rivalry. I used to run cross country and track, but the cross country rivalry was uh, with Chisholm, and also because they had up there, they had the Palmquists and the Vitalis. Uh, but oh yeah, but you know who was also the big rivalry for us was Hermantown. And the funny thing is, when I was growing up, Hermantown, we thought of them as a bunch of farmers. You know, here yeah. I'm from, from Esco, but we thought they were kind of, we looked down our nose on the farmers. But look at where Hermantown is now. It's probably considered the Edina of uh, northern Minnesota, wouldn't you say? I would say probably, yes. Because I would, almost probably bet, right. I would almost bet that the overall values of the average homes in Hermantown are probably higher than out in East Duluth. Obviously, in East Duluth, you've got, you know, Congdon Mansions and those. You've got a few and mansions. And yeah. you think about yeah. those. But if you look at all the way out to 60th Avenue East in that area, some beautiful places. But, boy, Hermantown's really grown. And so, but we used to look really down. We thought on. they were par- farmer farmer pastures out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, times have changed, right, as, as my our friend Bob used to say. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> times have changed. You're right. So what's happening at the Dahlberg Agency uh, today? You uh, still well, making people happy, uh, taking yeah, care of well, their wills? and Actually, you know, I, I had an emergency popped up. A client came to me on a matter the other day, and he said, well, just trying to work on something. But, you know, things all of a sudden, there's more things that come up, so we got to work on it. So we're kind of putting that, uh, you know, on the front burner, and uh, but we're working on other things. A new estate planning client in today. Uh, I think there's uh, one or two new ones coming in the rest of the week. So, But for the listeners, I know we've got some time slots this week. So if you haven't done your estate planning and thinking, you know what, before we know it, summer's going to be here, and that's short, and I don't want to be in an attorney's oh, office yeah. in the summer. So call no. the Dahlberg Office now, uh, 218-722-5809. Again, Dahlberg Office, 218-722-5809. And always, as always, Brad, the listeners can go on the web, com, and on there you can actually just type in from your computer saying, hey, uh, my wife and I have an old will. It was done 30 years ago. We think we need to update it. Uh, we'd like to make an appointment. That easy. Oh, that's, that's very simple. All right, Chris, good job. Uh, thank you as always. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, Kenny, we've got to go to our CBS News break at the bottom of the hour. And I'm going to text you a little message here that just came up. So I'll uh, we'll we'll do CBS and then we'll be back. 
KDAL time is 135, uh, Superior, Wisconsin. And by the way, there is a winter weather advisory for Douglas County. So Superior, Wisconsin, winter weather advisory. A current temperature 35 degrees, west wind at 9. And that winter weather advisory is in effect uh, from midnight tonight until 6 p.m. tomorrow. So midnight tonight, winter weather advisory. And what does that mean? That means you have to be advised about the weather because, well, you could have some snow, you could have two to four inches, and uh, you might have some slippery roads. Well, we will have slippery roads, and those conditions uh, will impact your uh, morning and evening commute tomorrow. Are people getting to the point now, Kenny, that they're starting to drive for winter conditions, because at the beginning of winter, they don't. They just drive like it's normal. Then yeah, all of Brad, a sudden, that was last year when that started. Okay. You've been gone okay. way too long. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're well aware and uh, we're well uh, versed and, in our winter driving skills. And, at least we better not be. not driving around like a bunch of crazy people anymore. Okay. Well, there's still that out there. you got to pay attention okay. to them. You know, let me tell you, Kenny, as I'm doing this story about Afghanistan, I'm looking at this picture of the Taliban. You know, typical Taliban picture, uh, 25 of them hanging on to a uh, a Nissan pickup truck, white Nissan. Why is it always like a white Nissan pickup truck or a white da- uh, I don't know. Datsun that's, pickup truck? That's a good, yeah, Datsun. And they, they got 25 of these towel heads hanging on there. Uh and by towel heads, I mean that's what they look like. They got turbans, and but they're all smiling, big smiles, about three teeth between about twenty of them. But they all got brand new uh, Mac Five, Mac Three weapons. Well, they do. I'm telling you, the picture. They got no teeth. Okay, so you're they, calling they it like no it devil. is. You're calling the shots yeah. as you see them. Okay, I'm telling it as I see it. All right. And yet every one of these guys is holding up in their right hand or their left hand a brand new Mac uh, Mac 3 yeah. automatic weapon, the finest the U.S. military has, because they got them out of our cases when we left. Yeah, I don't think we can talk enough about what happened there, and I know that a lot of people don't care about that, and I don't understand why. I don't either. They should care. Because the reason they should care is because if you care about the equity of male and female genders, you got to know that the women in Afghanistan are just a miserable lot of women. Yeah. They're, they, they are told to dress from head to toe in these heavy, god-awful burqas, and they're told, you walk six feet behind me. I'm the man. You're the woman. Get behind me. Walk six feet. And don't ever talk to another man. Don't ever go outside without a escort. Uh, you know, and I mean, don't go to school. What do you mean you want to learn something? You don't need to learn anything except how to how to cook that uh, donkey that we just killed, you know, or that mule that I found in the, de- you know. I mean, it's it's just brutal. It's a brutal, brutal society. And we have made it even more brutal by arming it with millions of American-made weapons. And not only the weapons, but how much money did we send them? Oh, here, it says right here. We also allocated $90 billion in security assistance to the Afghan National Defense and Security Forces. 
In other words, we were paying their salaries. We were giving them money. We were paying them to put put up uh, a security force buildings and et cetera, et cetera. And the first, the first flush that the Afghan uh, Taliban came down out of the mountains, they cut and ran. They did it. It did not build any confidence in what they had. Uh, so how did how did we leave it? How did it get so bad? Well, we destroyed the morale of the Afghan soldiers and police. The U.S. Taliban agreement signed under the Trump administration especially resulted in a sense of abandonment within the Afghan government and its military, set in motion a series of events crucial to understanding the country's collapse. Even though air strikes had proven to be perhaps the critical force multiplier, <clears throat> we stopped supporting them with airstrikes. Uh, it left uh, the air defense uh, totally non-existent, and the Taliban were were not at bay any longer. They were allowed to roam freely from part of the country to part of the country and take over anything they wanted. The U.S. also decided to withdraw on-site contract maintenance from Afghanistan. So we left a lot of our mobile uh, mechanized equipment unrepaired, uh, just sitting on the sidelines so that we couldn't support them. Uh, the Afghan security and defense forces complained about lack of enough ammunition, food, water, and other military equipment. It sounds awfully similar <clears throat> Sorry, but to what we did in Vietnam, the same type of thing we did there. We left, we cut and ran and left uh, the Vietnamese government with uh, with non-ability to support themselves, to uh, take care of themselves. Anyway, we've got a phone caller on the line. Uh, Alan has called the last uh, few, few times here, uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, keeping us kind of up to date on what's going on down at the Capitol in, in Minnesota, where Governor Walls has basically decided he wants to t- take away your Second Amendment rights and take away your weapons. Alan, what's uh, what's the latest from down there? Well, um, I haven't. Uh, I've been out of touch here the last couple of days on that issue. Okay. Uh, the reason okay. I called is uh, regarding uh, what you mentioned earlier about our state surplus. So I just wanted to interject something here that Thomas Jefferson said, uh, because I think it's worth remembering what our founders, uh, you know, they, they've been through an awful lot, and they had very good students of, of world history and so on. So we need to to reflect on what they say from time to time. So Thomas yeah. Jefferson said, to preserve our independence, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. We must make our election between economy and liberty or profusion and servitude. A lot of good. That's pretty easy to there. understand. Yeah, that's pretty profound too. It just uh, yeah. I've always found Thomas Jefferson to be so eloquent in his writings and speeches. So I just wanted to throw that in the mix that we remember, you know, that we have a choice here. We can spend ourselves into oblivion, or we can be, uh, you know, responsible with our finances. Well, and when you uh, thank you so much, Alan. Yeah, good, good comment. And and what he's saying basically is that when we load ourselves up with debt and and basically forget where all that money came from, came from your pockets, our back pockets, our our hard earned sweat of our brow, 
uh, when we when we allow the government to forget that it's our money, not theirs, they control us. They control us with our money. Because remember, as I said earlier, that seventeen billion surplus, twelve and a half billion of it, I think, is one-term money, one-time money. In other words, one once we spend that money, it can never be had again. In other words, if they put a program in place to make it very simple, let let's say. Uh, let's use the figures they're using, but let's not do it with billions or anything. Let's just say we've got $17 in our treasury, and $12 of it is one-time money. So that leaves us with what? $5. So let's say they come and they start out a brand-new program. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Let's say feeding all the kids breakfast and lunch. Every student, whether you're poor, rich, middle class, or anything else. And let's say that costs you $7 a year. All of a sudden, you're $2 in the hole. But wait, I had 17 Yeah, but you spent 12 and that was only uh, that was money that was only one-time money, so you'd never get it again. You only had $5 to spend. So you... The government has no alternative because you've built that money into the budget. They have no alternative other than to come to you, send you a new statement on your paycheck, and take extra money out of your paycheck and taxes because you've got to find a way to pay for things now. So Alan is very, is, Alan's absolutely right. When you become a victim or a ward of the state, as a taxpayer, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, a lot of trouble. I'm glad he called because, Brad, President Biden quoted Thomas Jefferson, and this is what President Biden said. Oh, All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. That's what President Biden said. <laughs> you know the thing. And it's sad. Because this was the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights— But wait, didn't it say they guarantee you happiness? No, there's no guarantee. And the it fact just says the pursuit of happiness. Well, it doesn't it. The pursuit of that, happiness. I mean, that's what yes. it says, right? To the work towards, happiness. to yeah. long for, to try to attain, to try to get there. Yes, yes to try to attain that. And it's sad. it doesn't say we're going to guarantee you enough money that you'll be happy. No, it says you have the right to work to attain that happiness. So President Biden calls this a thing. You know the thing. Yeah, we do, Joe. You don't. And neither does his vice president. Because if you recall just a couple of weeks ago, maybe even within the last couple of weeks, Kamala Harris, uh, who was she speaking to? She was speaking to a crowd, I believe it was in Florida, and and she quoted, among these are, and she left out life, and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. 
She left all three of them out? No, she left out the or word just life. life. Oh, yeah, well, that's because, you know, Democrats, they like to kill kids. They can't guarantee a life. Oh, well, uh, hey, I want to remind everybody again that tomorrow tomorrow morning when you come looking for a sound off, we're going to be on early. We're on at 10 tomorrow instead of our normal time because of the Minnesota Twins game. And I'm ducking out of here when we go to our Minnesota news break. So Kenny's going to wrap up this last hour here today. Well, Northlanders, we've got to go to uh, Minnesota news. Kenny will be back to wrap this baby up, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. KDAL time is 155, 37 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers. Southwest wind at 5 miles an hour, and it happened. Uh, The city of Duluth is now under a winter weather advisory. They've just updated their uh, National Weather Service, that is, has updated their uh, winter warnings and watches. And Duluth is now a part of the winter weather advisory that's been posted for, uh, well, it was posted for most of northwest Wisconsin and parts of uh, the southern, uh, well, like Pine County and what have you. And southern St. Louis County, including Duluth and Proctor, are is now a part of that winter weather advisory. What does that mean? That means a total snow accumulation of 3 to 5 inches uh, from 9 p.m. this evening until 3 p.m. tomorrow. And you're going to have slippery road conditions. You're going to have, uh, well, just basically uh, hazardous conditions during your morning and evening commute tomorrow. But hey, we're uh, we're well into winter here. We got this thing figured out by now. You better uh, that when this happens, you just take your time. You don't you can't be in a rush and just be easy on the gas. Yeah, be easy on the gas. So, winter weather advisory now in effect for uh, parts of uh, well, including the Twin Ports now, but a large part of our area as well. So Kamala Harris, just so I can uh, be uh, accurate here that she made this statement This was on the 50th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. Uh, This occurred this past January. She was uh, in Florida, and she made the comments that she uh, went on to say that the uh, promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to, she didn't say life. She said liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Now, why did she leave that out? Did she leave that out intentionally? I mean, she said this at the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. She is a proponent of abortion. She supports abortion. She uh, supports uh, women's reproductive health rights. And she left that out. She didn't quote it properly. And that's the problem. When you misquote things and either you leave it out intentionally and there's always going to be that speculation, but that's kind of been her her M.O. She's always been very uh, simplistic and uh, kind of uh, almost incoherent at times and cackling. The cackle, I think, is what gets her the most. And honestly, I wouldn't. I don't want to be critical or or uh, of our political leaders i would like our political leaders i at least would like to feel that there's some respect there and honor because of their high level of intelligence and doing things the right way and i'm sorry folks 
But this administration, that's not something that I look at them as. I don't, man, I don't I don't want to get too uh, carried away with this here. But again, um, we'll be back tomorrow. I did want to mention today's National Pancake Day. I don't think we mentioned that. It's also National Snowshoe Day, and it's Rare Disease Day. And unfortunately, uh, my family, I have a hereditary rare disease that we're dealing with that we've been dealing with in my family for a very long time. So take some time out to uh, think about those that have rare diseases. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got Twins Baseball tomorrow. So Sound Off will be on tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. And we're going to be on from 10 to noon tomorrow. And I believe Brad has Congressman Tom Tiffany scheduled tomorrow towards the end of the program, right around 11.45. So we'll be back tomorrow on Sound Off. Go to the website, kdal610.com. Listen to the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.